Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Hope your Tuesday is off and running, that you made it through Monday, that you didn't get hit by a train and you are ready to sit back, dial it up. And chill with us for the next three hours here on Outkick the Coverage. I am Clay Travis, Danny G and Robert in L.A., and my guy Jason Martin here in Nashville with me. Let's start with this. I have been driven borderline insane by the continuing left-wing slant of the People's Republic of ESPN. The continued attempt of MS ESPN to race bait, to find any situation and turn it into a left-wing liberal rallying point. And Colin Kaepernick and his idiot protest and the fact that he has not been signed has now turned into a matter of great national import, according to the People's Republic of ESPN. And what is ridiculous about this is I'm going to completely dive in and tell you why this story makes total sense. But first, the president has now weighed in. This was Donald Trump last night in Louisville, Kentucky, discussing why Colin Kaepernick was not yet signed. And you know, your San Francisco quarterback, I'm sure nobody ever heard of him. I'm just reporting the news. There was an article today. I love to report the news, and then they said I made a mistake, right? I said, no, the people reporting the news made a mistake if it's wrong. But there was an article today, it was reported, that NFL owners don't want to pick him up 
because they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Do you believe that? I just saw that. I just saw that. I said, if I remember that one, I'm going to report it to the people of Kentucky. Because they like it when people actually stand for the American flag, right? Donald Trump throwing red meat to the faithful there about Colin Kaepernick. Now, I wrote about this at OutKick, and I'd encourage you to go read the full article. But I want to make sense of this story about Colin Kaepernick. And I'm going to open up the phone lines, and you guys can react. 877-996-6369. You don't have to agree with me. You can be wrong. 877-996-6369. Here's the deal about Colin Kaepernick. He is not signed because his problems exceed his talents. And yes, his protest is a business problem. Yes, he has the First Amendment right to say whatever he wants. More power to Colin Kaepernick to say whatever he wants. But here's the deal. This is an important lesson that I think everybody needs to pick up. If you're driving to school today, if you're driving to work, so long as you're talent exceeds your problems, you will always be employed in this country. The moment your problems exceed your talents, you will no longer be employed in this country. Let me explain further. Ray Rice is not employed right now in the NFL. He has not had a carry since he knocked out his then-fiance on an elevator in Atlantic City, and the video was released on TMZ. Everybody was aghast. Everybody was appalled. Nobody has been willing to sign Ray Rice. It's not because Ray Rice is 100% an awful human being. He's not employed because he knocked out his fiance on an elevator. He's not employed because he averaged 3.1 yards per carry when he was working for the Baltimore Ravens the last year of his contract. If he had averaged 5.1 yards per carry, he would be employed. There's zero doubt at all about that fact. If Tom Brady had knocked out Giselle on the elevator in Atlantic City, he would still be employed. If Aaron Rodgers had taken a knee during the national anthem and he was a free agent, 32 NFL teams would sign him. If Matt Ryan had done it, if Drew Brees had done it, if Russell Wilson had done it, if all of those guys had protested the national anthem or any other issue out there, they would be signed when they became free agents. The reality is this. Colin Kaepernick was the 30th best quarterback in the NFL last year, according to advanced metrics. That puts him roughly around Ryan Fitzpatrick and Brock Osweiler. You remember Brock Osweiler, right? The guy the Texans wanted to get rid of so bad that they gave up a second-round pick just to get the Cleveland Browns to take him. The moment that Colin Kaepernick took a knee on the field at his job during the national anthem, he was putting a big target on himself. He was beaten out in the preseason by Brock, Os- uh, by Brock Osweiler, even worse, by Blaine Gabbert. Okay? That means he wasn't very good at his job to begin with. When he eventually came in and started playing again, he was part of a 2-14 and team, and he was the 30th overall ranked quarterback. This isn't some great conspiracy. It's a simple business decision by NFL owners. Colin Kaepernick isn't good enough for them to sign him as a backup quarterback 
and alienate a large segment of their population. Think about this. Every time you stand in an NFL or college football stadium and look around at the crowd, the vast majority of the people there voted for Donald Trump. That's a simple fact, whether you like it or not. In the part of the country where football is the wildest and the craziest and the zaniest and the most embraced, that is the middle part of the country, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the SEC, Donald Trump won every state in the SEC region, all 11 of them. He won every state in the Big 12, and he won every state in the Big Ten with the exceptions of Illinois and almost he almost won Minnesota, traditional Big Ten. He won this election because he won the states of Pennsylvania, of Wisconsin, and Michigan. And he won all those states by 77,000 votes. One football stadium. I think there's a strong argument to be made that Colin Kaepernick's protest, which he's now stopped, actually ended up turning the election for Donald Trump. If you believe that 38,500 people might well in those states have changed their vote, because they didn't like what Donald Trump did, I mean, what Colin Kaepernick did, I think there's a very good chance that happened. If you owned a business, regardless of what that business is, and you knew that signing somebody like Colin Kaepernick was going to alienate at least half of your business and maybe more than half, and all that quarterback was going to be doing was sitting on the sideline and he wasn't going to be playing, would you make the decision to sign him? Of course you wouldn't. There are 32 NFL teams. Donald Trump won the election in 19 of them. Buffalo is the 20th. Upstate New York, Donald Trump won by a landslide. That leaves 12 teams. Well, the San Francisco 49ers have already decided they don't want Donald Trump. (laughs) Donald Trump. They certainly don't want Donald Trump. San Francisco 49ers have already decided they don't want Colin Kaepernick. San Diego Chargers don't need him. They've got Phillip Rivers. The LA Rams certainly don't want him. They've got to figure out whether or not Jared Goff is the guy. I'm running across. These are the states that Donald Trump won with the NFL available, uh, with with NFL teams that are in areas that Donald Trump won. The Denver Broncos already have several quarterbacks who may or may not be as good. Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, they don't need him. Let's move across the country. The Seattle Seahawks, maybe Pete Carroll, left-wing leaning, uh, 9-11 non-believer. Uh, he believes in 9-11 conspiracy, but maybe maybe Pete Carroll will be willing to bring him in to back up Russell Wilson. Probably not. Probably doesn't think he needs the drama. Okay, that's basically the West Coast, right? Okay, let's continue to come across the country. Chicago Bears, they just signed Mike Glennon. They think he's better. They're about to go out, a lot of people think, and draft Deshaun Watson. They don't need a quarterback. Minnesota Vikings, they got Sam Bradford already that they gave up a lot for last year, and they're trying to figure out what's going to happen with Teddy Bridgewater. They don't need a quarterback right now. Okay, let's continue to move across the country. Who would you say should sign him? The Minnesota Vikings we just talked about. The Chicago Bears we just talked about. That's the middle part of the country. That's the Big Ten area. Every other state Donald Trump won. Let's go all the way to the East Coast. New England Patriots, they got Brady and Garoppolo. Buffalo, maybe Buffalo needs a quarterback. But also, again, if I'm the owner of the Buffalo Bills, I'm in incredible Trump territory. That manufacturing, collapsing region of upstate New York, they're obsessed with Donald Trump. Do I want to bring in Colin Kaepernick and alienate a large segment of my fan base? No way. Giants, clearly not. You just brought in Brandon Marshall. You've already got ODB. You've already got the the heaviness of the New York media market. Do you really want to bring in that distraction into your locker room when you've got Eli Manning at quarterback already? No, doesn't make sense. Okay, what about the Jets? The Jets are awful. From a business perspective, it doesn't make sense, I don't think, in New York. 
Plus, if I'm the Jets owner right now, who, by the way, is a big Republican, I'm making the decision to go ahead and tank and try to get Sam Darnold at the end of the year. I think that makes a lot more sense. Washington Redskins, you just gave $24 million to Kirk Cousins. The last thing you want to do is bring in RG3 Part 2 and Colin Kaepernick. Baltimore Ravens, you got Flacco, you're set. See what I'm getting at here? All of the regions of the country that Donald Trump did not win, a.k.a. that voted for Hillary Clinton, they're pretty set at quarterback. And even in those regions, there would be a lot of support for Donald Trump. I think the majority of those fan bases would have voted for him. So it's just simply bad business to bring in somebody like Colin Kaepernick. It's nothing about his protest. Again, if Aaron Rodgers protested the national anthem, all 32 NFL teams would still sign him. He's that good. If Colin Kaepernick was a first or second year quarterback and he hadn't necessarily proven himself, or if this were the year right after he was coming out of the Super Bowl, somebody would sign him 100%. But that's not this Colin Kaepernick. This Colin Kaepernick was the 30th best quarterback in the NFL last year. He's flat out not any good. He's done. You have the right in this country to speak out on First Amendment issues. You also have the right to be judged based on your opinion in this country. The First Amendment doesn't protect you from freedom, from consequences of your actions. And that's 100% what we're seeing. He isn't good enough given his protest. And by the way, I'll get into why his protest didn't make sense anyway, and I think a lot of owners are smart enough to see that. And do they probably disagree with his speech? Yeah, some of them do. Some of them don't have any issue with the speech at all. What they have an issue with is they own a business, and it makes absolutely no sense if you own a business to alienate half of your supporters for a guy who you hope never takes the field in the entirety of the season. He's not being discriminated against. He's just having his speech judged and found to be lacking. This show brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Your call is 877-996-6369. Coming up next, also, I'll tell you why Kaepernick, even though he protested, remains a total idiot. I think NFL teams making smart decision, not signing him. You may disagree. Again, that phone number, 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to the best sports talk show in the entire nation, certainly in the mornings, here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, drive the new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets, sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Talking about Kaepernick and the reaction at MSESPN, the People's Republic of ESPN, as they're using guys like Spike Lee to turn huge stories about whether or not Colin Kaepernick is playing into some national Rorschach test on whether or not racism and sexism and whatever else exists in the world. Here's the deal. It doesn't matter what color Colin Kaepernick was. He's not going to get signed because he's not good enough. And this happens in your own world, too. I'll give you a story from my background. A friend of mine worked in a law firm where the named partner got caught having sex with his secretary on the central conference room table. Somebody walked in on him in the boardroom. 
He's having sex with his secretary. He's married to somebody else. Do you know what happened? Nothing. He kept his job because he made so much money for that law firm that they couldn't fire him. Because if they fired him, he'd just take all of his clients elsewhere and he'd take all the money with him. Now, if that were a young associate, young lawyer there who had absolutely no impact on the success or failure of the firm, gone immediately. If that was support staff, gone immediately. Because their problems would have exceeded their talents. If anybody else had that issue in your own field of work and they didn't make a ton of money, they'd be gone too. Because one of the central rules of capitalism, you can hate it, you can love it, but it's a reality whether you embrace it or are appalled by it, is if your talent exceeds your problems, you're always going to be employed. Right now, you're driving into work. If the best person at your job did the most egregious thing, his standard is different than everybody else's. It's totally true. And so the story of Colin Kaepernick is not about, oh, this black guy is getting discriminated against because he's black, because he's got an afro. Or, oh, this guy's getting discriminated against because of his political stance. Not true at all. He's not getting signed because he's not good enough. There are probably 13, 14 at least NFL quarterbacks, maybe as many as 20, that would get signed despite doing this because somebody would look at him and say, you know what, I don't agree with his politics, but I feel like this guy could win us a Super Bowl. There's zero doubt in my mind that this guy could win us a Super Bowl. But if that's not the case, then you're not going to get signed. And let me just go ahead and hit this here too. Colin Kaepernick's protest was the height of idiocy, and people were afraid to point out how dumb his protest was for two reasons. Two reasons. One, I think a ton of people out there are white guys in the media, and they were afraid of being called racist. Two, I think a lot of people didn't even understand how dumb the protest was because they were just as dumb, people in the media that is, as Colin Kaepernick. When Colin Kaepernick started protesting police violence by not standing for the national anthem, he was protesting something that the federal government was already doing. That is, what he was demanding was already taking place, if you think about it. At the time that he began his protest, we had a mixed-race black man in Barack Obama who was president. We had a black woman in Loretta Lynch who was the head of the Department of Justice. And every time there was a questionable police shooting, and oh, by the way, it almost never happens in this country, despite the way the media covers it, only 48 people last year were shot and killed by police while they were unarmed. 38 people were struck and killed by lightning. 58 people were killed unarmed by bees, wasps, and hornets. That is, every single day that you left your house in 2016, you were more likely to be killed by a bee, a wasp, or a hornet if you weren't carrying a gun than you were a police officer. The media doesn't tell you this stuff because fear sells, and they want you to be terrified. Think about that for a minute. Every single day that you left your house, regardless of what race you were in 2016, you were more likely to get killed if you were unarmed, not carrying any weapon, by a bee, a wasp, or a hornet than you were by a member of the police police uh, services in your community. Imagine if the media covered every single person who died from bees, wasps, or hornet attacks like they did every person who was shot and killed by a police officer when they were unarmed. You'd be terrified. Be like, man, these bees, wasps, and hornets are killing people everywhere. 
Colin Kaepernick was, as my friend Jason Whitlock likes to say, twoke. He went on Twitter and he followed people who believe the world is an awful place and that America is fundamentally racist and that black people are getting killed left and right. And if you just follow those people, you have an artificial reality that you have created, a bubble of stupidity that you walk around in all day. If you just followed somebody out there, maybe I need to start doing this. Maybe I need to become the guy who just reports on B wasp and hornet attack deaths. Be like, oh, we got another one every week. Even though there's 320 million people out there, pretty soon a lot of you would be afraid to walk outside. Be like, man, these bees, wasps, and hornets, they've gone to war with us. They're trying to find us. They're trying to kill us. You believe a fundamental untruth. That's what Colin Kaepernick did. So when he started taking a knee, that's what he was doing. He was acting upon a fundamental untruth. Further, he was acting upon a fundamental untruth, which was actually already being taken advantage of by his elected representatives in the federal government. Barack Obama and his choice for Attorney General, Loretta Lynch. They were already investigating every single police shooting. That means that in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, Colin Kaepernick was protesting something that was already being done by his federal government. It's like walking into McDonald's, taking a knee, and demanding that they serve breakfast all day. And then the manager comes out and sees Colin Kaepernick on his knee there in the McDonald's restaurant and says, why, why are you taking a knee, buddy? And he says, I'm taking a knee right now because I'm demanding that breakfast be served all day in this McDonald's. And then Colin Kaepernick is sitting there, and the manager kind of like scrunches up his head, and he says, uh, we already served breakfast here all day. And then Colin Kaepernick would be like, oh, well, it's kind of a stupid protest then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Especially when you combine that fact with Colin Kaepernick stopped his protest now because he's trying to get hired, trying to get signed by somebody, after Donald Trump gets elected. So he helped Donald Trump get elected, and now he's decided to stop his protest. If anything, this is when he should start his protest. But he's too dumb to see that. And secondly, he didn't vote. He didn't vote, and he embraced Fidel Castro and said that Fidel Castro and what he had done to Cubans, had been tra- he'd been treated unfairly. Colin Kaepernick is not smart enough to even be able to make a coherent political statement. We offered him an opportunity to come on the show. He doesn't come on the show because he knows he'd get destroyed, just be blood and guts everywhere after we finished with him. Think about it. This guy is an idiot. The reason he's not being signed has nothing to do with his race has nothing to do with his speech in particular, has to do with the fact that his problem and this protest, make no mistake, is a business problem, exceeded his talents. He ain't good enough. 877-996-6369. I'll take your calls on the flip side of here. In the show, second hour, we've got Alex Marvez. Hour three, we've got Casey Smith live from Boston, Massachusetts. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. Let's go ahead and find out what's trending now. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And look, this is an important lesson. I'm trying to make sure that all of you live forever. I am pro-immortality. Regardless of what race, sex, religion you are, I want you to live forever. Yesterday... We talked about that idiot kid down in Australia 
haters going to hate. Do we still have the haters going to hate drop? Um, who made the decision that he was going to try to impress a girl by swimming across a river in Australia and immediately got attacked by a crocodile. And I'm telling you right now, don't get hit by a train. And if you think a train will stop, if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop, trains can't. Robert, what am I missing here? Is there anything that I am missing in the Colin Kaepernick argument, or are you completely in agreement with me that this is pretty simple? The reason he's not employed is because he's just not very good at quarterback. Oh, a thousand percent, Clay. And and um, you know, and, and Danny and I have made it pretty clear that you can tell just by the discussions we have is we don't always agree with you. I think that's a good thing. There's always good to have a difference of opinion. Different. One hundred percent. If everybody it, agreed on everything, this would be a boring world we lived in, right? Yeah, There'd absolutely. be if, if everybody had the exact same opinion. First of all, we'd probably live in a totalitarian regime like uh, North Korea. Everybody in North Korea has got the same idea, and the reason they got the same idea is because they don't have freedom of thought. So if you all agreed with me, it'd be a boring life. But yeah, 100%. Continue. 100%. A lot of times, you know, we don't always agree. But in this case, I don't think there's any other, you know, option. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, for all the people who try to defend him and say that he had a, a good season this past season, you know, uh, and, and he did. It was it was okay. But you got to also consider the fact that he was working with Chip Kelly, and every quarterback has their best seasons under Chip Kelly. It's a quarterback-friendly system. But the problem is is that system does not translate to other NFL offenses. And when you put him, we've seen in a you know more traditional NFL offense, he's not a good quarterback. So why on earth would you want to have a guy who's going to be a distraction off the field when he's not good enough to warrant that distraction? It's a Tim Tebow effect, same thing. It's 100% the case. And, and I think it's important also, it's a good point that I don't think I brought up, that Colin Kaepernick's not a traditional quarterback. He fits certain systems. So if you bring him in to be your backup, you may have to create a new package to run for him that's different than, say, what you would run for Eli Manning or what's, uh, what you're running for Russell Wilson, right? Maybe, maybe it's different. Maybe it's not. And moreover, you bring in the backup quarterback and everybody on the entire team has to go talk about him, Right. I mean, and, and people say, oh, I don't understand why a distraction matters. Well, if you bring in a backup quarterback like Colin Kaepernick, the first thing that happens is the national media descends on your locker room, right? They descend on your locker room to talk to Colin Kaepernick about whatever political opinions he has. And then they also want to ask everybody on your team about all of his political opinions. And then if somebody says something that's a little bit inflammatory, it blows up, it turns into a huge story. And again, it's not worth it relative to his overall talents. It's just not. It is a total disaster for your locker room to have to deal with it. Jason Martin's fielding calls. We're getting him set up. We got loaded lines, so I appreciate everybody's called in. Eventually, we are going to go to those calls, probably next segment, 877-996-6369, as you hear somebody drop off. A lot of you reacting on Twitter and saying, uh, do you want to know how many people were killed by trains? A lot more people were killed by trains than killed by the police this year. It's amazing to me how many people get killed by trains every year. It's also amazing to me that we get paid to tell you not to get hit by trains. You know this show is on a a, a total roll when people say, you know who we need to talk to to get people to stop getting hit by trains? It's Clay Travis. All right? That's who we've got to talk to 100%. How many people were killed by uh, trains? Tons. A lot more people were killed by trains than killed by the police. Uh... Brandon, Brandon Holland says, days like this, your show is crap, except to use another word. Chris says, love everything you're saying about Kaepernick. Great stuff. 
Same thing with Michael Sam. Just not good enough to even play in the CFL. Yeah, look, the guy wasn't good enough. If Jason Pierre-Paul were gay, he'd get paid like he's getting paid right now to play for the Giants. The great thing about the NFL is it's the ultimate meritocracy. It doesn't matter at all what you think, where you're from, where you went to school, what your dad or mom did. All that matters, all that matters in this country when it comes to the NFL is how good you are. And you know what? Fans wouldn't care either. If Michael Sam had been one of the best defensive ends in the NFL, nobody would have cared about him being gay. I don't think anybody cared about him being gay, and he still stunk, but he would have never been a story at all if he weren't gay. He just wasn't good enough to play in the NFL. Scouts were right. And is there anybody out there right now who believes that Bill Belichick wouldn't start a transgender Asian female at cornerback for the New England Patriots if she were the best cornerback option the New England Patriots had? Bill Belichick doesn't care about anything other than winning and whether or not you're willing to listen to him, right? He'll kick you out of the locker room in a heartbeat if you don't buy into the Patriot way. But he doesn't care what race you are or what gender you are or what God you worship. All he cares about is winning. That's why the NFL is great. It is the ultimate meritocracy in this country. If you're good enough, it doesn't matter what you believe. And by the way, Colin Kaepernick's protest, in addition to being stupid, wasn't even controversial in the grand scheme of things. Nobody's opposed to death, right? Other than a grim reaper. Nobody's out there saying, I wish more people died. By the way, 265 people killed by trains in the U.S. in 2016. You were... What's the math on that? Like almost over over five times as likely to get killed by a train in the United States in 2016 as you were to be killed by police if you were unarmed. So if you walk out of your house this morning and you're thinking to yourself, man, the police are out to get me, recognize that the trains are five times as likely to be out to get you. Trains are stalking you. They're trying to kill you. See how stupid that sounds? Just like the bees, wasps, and the hornets. Both of those things more likely to kill you if you're walking out of the house this morning without a gun than the police are. Newsflash, you ain't in trouble. But most people out there who defend Colin Kaepernick say, oh, well, he has his First Amendment rights to speak. Nobody's disputing that. Nobody put him in jail for his opinion. He didn't have a freedom from consequences. He had freedom of speech. But here's what I would ask you. If you were adamant that Colin Kaepernick's speech should be defensible and it's awful that he's not being employed, What if Colin Kaepernick had taken a knee to protest gay marriage? What if he had gotten on his knee and said, I fundamentally am not going to stand for the national anthem because I don't believe that gay people should be able to get married. I think that the Supreme Court decision, which was decided five to four in favor of gay marriage, was decided the wrong way, and I disagree with Justice Anthony Kennedy's position because that's the swing vote. I am going to get on my knee and protest the right for gay marriage. All the people who were defending Colin Kaepernick's free speech in San Francisco would immediately have demanded that he be fired. They they would have protested outside of NFL headquarters, and they would have said, if we don't fire him immediately, then the NFL supports discrimination against gay people. Oh, you know, deep within your heart, you know that that's true. Now, that would have been a brave protest, And it would have been a protest that matters since it would have been protesting something that the federal government is not, I repeat, is not already doing. But most people don't defend the First Amendment in this country. 
They defend the First Amendment when they agree with the speech, not when they agree with the right to the speech. I'm a First Amendment absolutist on this show. Believe in the First Amendment more than anything other than boobs. Only two things that have never let me down in this country. The First Amendment and boobs. God bless the USA. Your call's coming up next here on Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, my God. Look out for the train. It's going to kill you. Trains will kill you. Five times as likely if you're unarmed right now driving around in your car. Five times as likely to get killed by a train as a police officer. It's trying to keep you woke. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. What does it mean with Geico? (laughs) Will you hear that again? It's my boy. My boy. Haters going to hate. That's what I say. Haters going to hate. It's my Australian boy. Get attacked by a crocodile trying to impress a chick. If you didn't listen to yesterday's show, you're wasting your life. Hit it again. Head is going to hate. I love it. Every time I hear it, it gets better. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Let's go to my buddy Eric in Kalamazoo. What's up, Eric? Good morning, Clay. How's life? It's mighty funny that you don't point out the fraternity, Cap. I decide that Colin is a part of that one of his members was brutally disrespected by the police and in solidarity with his fraternity brothers. That's where the root of the protest comes from. One thing about Cap. So if I got hit, if I got, if one of my fraternity brothers got hit by a train, should I protest trains? If one of my friends was brutally hit by a train, should I protest trains? Be like, man, you know what? This Northern Pacific company, you know, this Norfolk Southern, they're just f- driving trains Donald all over the country Sterling, hitting people. Donald Trump, Donald racist. Donald Sterling, Donald Trump, settled them cases. The discrimination what about Donald Duck? Eric, is Donald Duck racist too? The discri- Mr. Lawyer, what about the discrimination case they both had to settle in the real estate complexes? And if you talk with Condoleezza Rice, or what, is that, Pyle, what does that have to do with the decision of whether or not Colin Kaepernick is employed as a quarterback? Why didn't you mention Kappa Alpha Psi? I, you did. I didn't. Okay, you should do some research then and find out the real part of the protest instead of talking that garbage. So you think Colin Kaepernick's not about, being signed because he's black? You think if he was a white guy, he'd get signed? Hey, so now you're not listening to me. I said Kappa Alpha Psi. Its origin is in Indiana just like the Klan. But it is a historical black fraternity where when they disrespected his fraternity brother, that's what he's showing solidarity with. All right, but so what? What is it? What does any of that matter? You have the right to protest anything in this country. Are you telling me that Colin but Kaepernick you're not would be listening? You don't want to see a black quarterback. You, you think don't I don't want to see a black, black quarterback? quarterback? I'm talking about America. Don't okay. be acting all crazy, Clay. You be killing me trying to play dumb. One minute you smart, one minute you telling jokes, one minute you a lawyer. What are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? I don't know. When the Hulk, thanks for the call. What are you gonna do when the Hulkamania gets you? I don't know. It's a good question. Hulk's never gotten me. Brother. <laughs> That's a good... I can't believe that you guys have the Hulkamania pull just ready right there. Brother. That's incredible. That's when you know you're an A-plus show. And out of nowhere, I have a Hulkamania reference. And Danny G and Robert back in the studio in L.A. are just on it. They're like, Brother. We, got, we got him covered. Sean in Nashville, what's up? Clay, man, you're speaking truth today, man. Watch out hey. for the train, Sean. They're five times as likely to kill you as the police. That's right. Hey, you're upset the, the whole, you're upset, right. the, whole uh, the whole Kaepernick thing, I didn't even know who the guy was. That's how bad he is. 
and I watched football a little bit until he started doing this. And immediately, I think what he is is he's, he knows his career is in trouble, so he's using this as a ploy. He, he, he didn't initially, but he, now he's just playing it up, setting up his second career. I could give you hundreds of examples of exactly what you're saying. When you're talented, people put up some of your crap. It doesn't matter where talented. you are. That's, that's the lesson here. It doesn't matter where you work. If you are talented, if you make companies money, if you're better than everybody else around you, you can get away with anything. Look, I, I use the example all the time in entertainment. The reason why nobody really cared at Disney about Johnny Depp getting accused of domestic assault was not because he's a white guy. It's because he's so damn good when he plays Captain Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean that if they replaced him, they would lose hundreds of millions of dollars on the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Same thing with Robert Downey Jr. Guy's got all sorts of issues in his back background. Why does he still get to, uh, to do what he does? Because he makes a lot of money. Why can Snoop Dogg make a video where he shoots a cartoon version or a clown version of Donald Trump? Because Snoop Dogg sells a lot of music. If you make money... You can get away with all sorts of ridiculous behavior, regardless of who you are, if, as long as your talent exceeds your problems. Uh, let's go to uh, Joe in Sarasota. Joe, what's up? Yo, Clay, thanks for taking my call. Uh, first and foremost, that call before your last one, he just set my people back like 200 years. <laughs> that was the <laughs> stupidest response I've heard in my life. Um, first of all, to that caller, uh, I need to remind him that there was a lot of police brutality going on in San Francisco, which has one of the highest rates of police brutality in 2011-2012. What was Colin Kaepernick doing? Keeping his mouth closed, going for the Super Bowl. It was only when this dude became irrelevant. Listen, he is, I don't even remember him throwing over 200 yards in any game last year that he started. The only reason why he is doing this, he's joined the ranks of Jason Collins, um, whoever, who was so god-awful that the only way they will be relevant is if they try to make a side distraction. And as for Spike Lee's comment, he set my people back another 200 years. You talk about some of the stupidest comments. This guy, Colin Kaepernick, didn't grow up black, first of all. He he was grew up. He was adopted by white people, and that's that's irrelevant. But to say that the only reason someone doesn't want him because he's a black quarterback, I I can think of Don McNabb being embraced. All these other uh, quarterbacks of color who we celebrate, Colin Kaepernick ain't one of them. So hey, Clay, thanks for taking my call. You're doing a great job on your show. Don't let the haters hate. <laughs> and and on a and 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 on a side note, can you imagine if that Australian boy and Cash Me Outside girl had a kid? Damn! <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. Appreciate the call. Haters gonna, gonna hate. Pull Haters gonna hate. Amen. My Aussie brother just had brunch. This is what Spike Lee said. Just had brunch with my brother Colin Kaepernick. How is it there are thirty-two NFL teams and Cap is still a free agent? WTF? Smells mad fishy to me. Stinks to the high heavens. The New York Jets need a quarterback. Who is the Jets quarterback? Is my man Joe Willie Namath coming back? Crazy times we live in. The question remains, what owner and GM is going to step up and sign Colin so their team has a better chance to win? What crime has Colin committed? Look at the quarterbacks of all 32 teams. This is some straight-up shenanigans, subterfuge, skullduggery, and BS. You dig? Show enough by any means necessary. And that's, duh, no fun league. Truth, Ruth, Spike, Lee. 877-996-6369. Does anybody know Spike Lee, who's under the age of 30? When did this dude make his last movie? Now he just sits courtside, watches a crappy New York Knicks team, and then occasionally throws out 
Instagram post, which ESPN decides are the equivalent of, I guess, like lightning strikes from God, because immediately they're like, oh, my God, Spike Lee sent an Instagram message. Let's go ahead and make this our lead story. MSESPN, the People's Republic of Bristol, Connecticut, decides, oh, Spike Lee. Nobody knows quarterbacks better than Spike Lee. Spike Lee gives an opinion. He made a movie 40 years ago. Spike Lee gives an opinion. He made a movie 40 years ago. Do the right thing. Oh, man, we got to do the right thing and make sure we cover Spike Lee's reports. Or go to your calls, 877-996-6369. Don't get hit by trains. I'm telling you, you're five times as likely today to get hit by a train as you are to get killed by a police officer. And also, look out for bees, wasps, and hornets. They're trying to kill all of you. I'm telling you, man, just trying to keep you woke here on Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Spike Lee, lightning strike from God straight to MSM ESPN's airwaves the moment he sends out an Instagram post. How about this guy's movies last couple, Robert? What you got for me in terms of the massive revenue they've done? He's a real success story, this Spike Lee. Oh, yeah. The last three Spike Lee joints, as he calls them, to have major theatrical releases. Let's go back here. 2015, Chirac, $15 million budget, made $2.7 million in the box office. That seems like it lost a lot of money. Lost. I'm no mathematical expert, but if you spend $15 million on something and you only make back $2.7 million, that's uh, that's not good. All right, so uh, people don't like that movie. Okay, maybe it's just one movie. Absolutely. So you go back to 2013, a movie called Old Boy. Had- old Boy. Old Boy. Great film, Old Boy. Okay, what did Old Boy do? $30 million budget. Had a little bit more money to work with this time. He made $4.9 million in the box office. Doubled it up. Doubled whoa, it up whoa, right whoa. There, so he like- spent $30 million on a movie, and he made $4.9 million. So he lost it. And my math's not always perfect, but he lost $25.1 million on Old Boy. Man, that seems kind of racist that they gave him $30 million to lose $25.1 million. Man, okay, well, that, well maybe that's just maybe that's just a couple bad movies that happens to anybody. What about the last movie? Oh, 2008, Miracle at St. Anna. $45 million budget. So he had a lot of money to work with that time. He made $9.3 million in the box office, Clay. So let me, let me get this straight. So Spike Lee, can we add that up? In the last three films that Spike Lee has made, he has lost like $70 million. I'm no expert. Can somebody add that up? Do we have a calculator? Jason Martin, somebody out there? I'm working on it. Give me a second. (laughs) How much money? Spike Lee, again, voice of God, according to MSESPN, your People's Republic of ESPN left-wing sports broadcast network, as soon as, as Spike Lee, who's not even good at making movies anymore, as soon as he has a quarterback opinion, oh, man, we got to put this as the lead story on our broadcast. Spike Lee's last three films, nobody has gone to see. He has no relevance. The only relevance he has, thank God, he's probably the only reason he's not bankrupt is because Capital One puts him on those commercials with Charles Barkley and Samuel L. Jackson that they play every commercial break during the uh, during the NCAA tournament. By the way, what is Capital One spending? How do they not? How does Capital One make so much money that they can advertise every commercial break for the NCAA tournament all NCAA tournament long? Are they spending two hundred million dollars a year on NCAA tournament ads? It's unbelievable. And how much do they pay Charles Barkley to? Eat chips out of his hoodie. I mean, this is one of the longest-running uh, ad campaigns with all these different variations. We got the answer, Jason Martin? It's like he's lost $63.1 million in his last three movies, in those three films. $63.1 million. That's pretty racist of Hollywood to let Spike Lee lose $63.1 million on his past three films. 
Yes, that's uh that's a that's a seriously a black no pun intended mark on Hollywood. And by the way, black people don't go see Spike Lee's movies either. So they're not, they're who not is very Spike? Good. Well, it's not very good. I mean, who is Spike Lee making movies for? The last himself? movie, the last movie any of us went to a theater. Inside Man. Yeah, I was just going to say that Inside Man was his last mainstream. And he didn't hit. write that one. That was one of the ones he didn't write. And he had Denzel, Clive Owen, Jodie Fisher, and Christopher Plummer, and Willem Dafoe all in it. And it really was a good film. But he was the director. But he was not the guy who actually wrote that. That was not necessarily a Spike Lee joint. Well, it's a long time ago. What my point is here, Spike Lee is long ago descended into irrelevance. Now all he does is lose money. Uh, 877-996-6369. Remember how I said that the NBA, like we were spending a lot of time on drama and there was no point to it. Uh, is anybody now out there convinced that the Warriors are actually going to lose the Western Conference home, home court? There's 12 games left for the Warriors. They have a two-and-a-half game lead. So in order to lose out, I mean, they would have to go, what, at 9-3? and three? I mean, if they go 10-2, and two, I think they would almost assuredly be the overall Western Conference representative. And if they go 9-3, and three, they could lose out. A lot of those games, obviously, they're not going to lose because the schedule is such that they're playing teams that are a lot worse than them. This was one, to me, that kind of decided things. I mean, the rest of their season, they've got – you look at it. People say, okay, maybe they're going to go on the road at the Thunder. They're going to have some issues. They're not going to lose to the Mavs, I don't think, on tonight. They play tonight. Now, it's a back-to-back, so who knows who will actually play because in the NBA, nobody plays anymore. They're not going to lose to the Kings. They're not going to lose to the Grizzlies. They could lose to the Rockets. They could lose to the Spurs on that trip. But then they've got all their home games coming up. They're going to go 10-2 at worst. The Warriors are going to be your overall rep. We haven't talked about this very much, but did, did do we have – the audio cut from Carl Malone ripping all these guys for not playing games, or was that just an uh, like an uh, not a uh, not an audio interview? Because Carl Malone came out and basically said what I've been telling you guys, which is the NBA has got a serious issue here with guys not playing, and obviously it happened again on Saturday night with the Cleveland Cavaliers not playing, and it is a hundred percent absurd beyond belief. We don't have the audio on hand for that one, but it's 100% absurd beyond belief that we've gotten to this era in the NBA now where the reason why guys like Mike Conley are making $30 million a year is 100% because of TV, all right? And I am of the opinion, you know that I make fun of ESPN all the time because it's become the People's Republic of ESPN, and if you don't have left-wing liberal opinions, if you don't every time Spike Lee sends out a tweet or sends out an Instagram message, you don't immediately like say, oh my God, we've got to cover Spike Lee's opinion on Colin Kaepernick like it's a voice from God if you don't do that you can't work at ESPN anymore uh and that's the truth I mean you know it's 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 an insane absurd biased liberal organization that doesn't actually cover sports anymore but when you really look at ESPN I feel bad for them here because they're going bankrupt over this NBA contract that they signed that they overpaid for hundreds of millions of dollars by that they're firing everybody over uh at ESPN and then they don't even get good games this past Saturday, the Cavs set out. The previous Saturday, all the Warriors set out for their primetime games. And Adam Silver has sent out a memo to owners basically saying that they need to get involved. Jason Martin, what was that memo? What did he say? He basically said that owners need to be involved in these rest decisions because he realizes his league has a problem. And LeBron comes out a few days ago and says, look, it's just the way it is with the schedule. There's not really anything uh, anything can do but Adam Silver the quote was it's a significant issue for the league and it really is that's back-to-back ABC Saturday night telecasts 
where you have every star that anybody would want to see basically benched. And you have people that are buying tickets, people that are traveling, people that aren't well-to-do, that this is maybe the one time a year that they get a chance. Certainly, if you're out in L.A., if you want to see LeBron James, maybe you can get out there to do that. And then he's sitting on the bench cutting up with Kyrie and everything else. Even if you want to look at the injuries, it's a big issue. So he says that it's unacceptable for owners to be uninvolved or to defer decision-making on the topic to others in the organization who may not have the same awareness of the impact these decisions can have on fans and business partners, the reputation of the league, and perception of the game. Well, this and that's a big deal, by the way, that Adam Silver memo, because I guarantee you that he is not happy. Look, the reason why NBA players make the money they make is because of TV. So when you're sitting for major games, and look, I get it, if you're a fan and you have gone to watch big-time players in big-time games in the NBA, and you spend a lot of money for your kids or your wife or your girlfriend, whatever it is, and you guys have planned for a long time, and then you get to the arena and find out that your guys are not going to be playing, that you're not going to get to see the opposing teams. And every time we talk about this, some fan base is like, why don't you talk about it when so-and-so does it? I talk about it when everybody does it, all right? I think it sucks when the Spurs do it. I think it sucks when the Cavs do it. I think it sucks when the Golden State Warriors do it. I think it sucks that in this day and age, the NBA regular season, which, by the way, I'm like your average fan out there. I think the NBA regular season is total crap, just like I think that the Major League Baseball's regular season is total crap. They're too long. They go on forever, and nothing gets decided. You play – I think the math is right on this. There are 30 NBA teams. You play a nine-month season or whatever the heck it is from October all the way to April, and all we find out during the course of that period of time – is we eliminate 14 teams from the playoffs. That's how big the NBA playoffs are. 16 of the 30 teams in the NBA, over half of the league, makes the playoffs every year. So we play 82 games to eliminate 14 teams, okay? You have to really suck to not make the playoffs. And then, on top of that, the first two rounds of the NBA playoffs are really not that important as long as everybody's healthy who makes the uh, the first couple of seeds. The NBA seeding matters more than any other sport, right? The best teams don't lose in the NBA. Unlike in hockey where somebody can get hot as a goalie and an eight seed can get hot and go win the Stanley Cup. Unlike in the NFL where as long as you get in as a wild card team, we know that you can win the Super Bowl. I don't I think I'm correct in this. I don't believe in like the last 25 years in the NBA. Anybody seated below 4 or 5 has ever won the NBA title. Can you guys off the top of your head think of a team that has gotten hot and won the NBA title and and I should also toss in if it has happened, I would bet it's almost a, entirely a function of injury, like somebody came back healthy at the end of uh, of the of the season. People forget about this, but Michael Jordan tried to steal before the Bulls won their three straight titles for the second time. Remember, Jordan tried to come in at the very end of the season and steal a title. And people remember that he came back when the Bulls went 72-10 and 10 or whatever the heck it was and won in 96, 97, and 98. But in that playoff run in 95, he showed up, and I believe they lost to the Orlando Magic and he was still wearing number 45 or whatever yep. the heck it was at that time. Nobody talks about that because when you talk about Michael Jordan in the playoffs, everybody just says, oh, Michael Jordan never lost a playoff series. Well, he came back the year before they won in 96, and they tried to steal one, 
and they lost, I think, in like the second round of the playoffs to the Orlando Magic, if I'm not mistaken. Was that yeah. the year? I believe that was the year, if you're an old-school NBA fan like I was, I think that was the year that Nick Anderson missed the four straight free throws in the Correct. NBA Finals, lined up and missed four straight, if you remember that, one of the worst choke jobs in the history of the NBA. Well, that was the year that the Orlando Magic were the representatives from the Eastern Conference, and I believe did they lose to the Houston Rockets, right? Yeah, they, they, lost, they lost to the six-seed Rockets. That was indeed the year. Jordan came out in 45. Then he actually put on 23 later in the series, but it didn't matter. But that was the year, and that is the answer even still today. The six-seed Rockets in the 94-95 season are the lowest seed to actually What happened win with that Rockets team that they were sixth seed and they fan, they managed to win? Like, would, did they have injuries? I don't. I remember them obviously winning the title over the New York they, the they were forty seven year they were forty seven and thirty five that year they probably okay. did deal with injuries. They were getting older, but it was still Hakeem and Clyde Drexler and Kenny Smith and mario Ellie and, and all they those were the guys. defending they were the defending n b a champions that year and they came in sixth in the West and still went on and won the title uh yes. Okay, because they stole, if you remember, like they won the two titles. If you're a Houston Rocket fan, apologies. But you guys stole away the two titles that, in theory, would have gone to the Bulls if Jordan had not decided to go retire and play baseball, a.k.a. get suspended for gambling by uh, by uh, by uh, David Stern. I believe that. That's one of the conspiracy theories I believe. You can call me crazy. I believe that the reason why Michael Jordan went to play baseball was because he got suspended by David Stern in a super-secret suspension for gambling on the NBA. I think that Michael Jordan got Pete Rose. I've never believed that he just decided to go play baseball in the middle of his career. I think that whole thing was a charade. One of the few sports conspiracies I really 100% believe. This show brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. This is the most confident show in radio. 877-996-6369. I'll take a few of your calls. And then we got Alex Marvez at the bottom of the hour. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. James Harden's outrageously dependable. He actually plays. He doesn't want to take any days off. Carl Malone, the quote we were talking about earlier, if you have at least 10 years' experience, get your ass playing. It's not work. It's called playing. Besides, tell our underpaid service members and police and first responders to rest. Damn it, they can't. That is Carl Malone, probably a lot of people agreeing with him. James Harden saying on March 11th, I can't afford to take nights off. And then he also said this after a blowout victory over the Bulls. That's not what I get paid for. Obviously, the money isn't a factor, but I love playing the game of basketball. And quite frankly, I won't be playing forever. So I'm just taking advantage of the opportunity while I'm here. I love being out there on the court, helping my teammates and laying for the and playing for the Houston Rockets. That is a, uh, a, a great quote. Um, and then Mike D'Antoni says, first of all, I don't think I could get him to go out of a game. Uh, he loves to play, and he just won't do it. Talking about taking rest, I think he takes pride in playing all the games. Whether that's good or not, he's 27 years old, and he feels good. So until he needs rest, and that comes from doctors and trainers and him, and I haven't heard any of that at all. So Harden leading the NBA in total minutes played for the third consecutive season. Maybe that will hurt his career down the line. Maybe not. Michael Jordan played an awful lot of minutes back in the day. So did John Stockton, Carl Malone. Everybody in that era did not take days off. It's becoming a big issue for the NBA. It's tying in with what I've always argued, which is the NBA regular season doesn't matter at all. We're also discussing Colin Kaepernick 
and the fact uh, that he is not employed because he isn't good enough at football, not because of his protests, not because of his race. Quit whining, get better. Your calls now, and then we will go to Alex Marvez at the bottom of the hour. JB in Virginia, what's up? Yep. What's shaking? Hey, how you doing, Clay? I'm always excellent. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Listen, you're giving me high, uh, high blood pressure for albums, man. I wake up at 7 o'clock this morning, and the first thing I hear is you dogging out Colin Kaepernick again. You know this has been a series of contention between you and me, right? So you think Colin Kaepernick should – what's the argument here? That you think Colin Kaepernick should be playing? No, he sucks. All right, so what so – yeah, we agree there. He's not good – I don't even think he sucks. I just think he's not good enough – to be a starter in the NFL. He got beaten out by Blaine Gabbert. He was the 30th-ranked quarterback. He was down there with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Brock Osweiler, guys that nobody wants to start at quarterback. He's clearly not good enough to be a starter. So what's the what's the takeaway then? The takeaway is when you guys say that he's just protesting to be re- relevant. Oh, this I didn't a- say that. That's actually a caller. I do think that he probably believes his protest. I just think his protest is not very smart. Okay. Well, damn. I mean, <laughs> so you actually called in JB and you agree with me on everything. Uh, yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> this is what happens. You listen to me long enough, you start to say, you know what? I used to think Clay. Thanks for the call, JB. Used to think I used to think Clay Travis was crazy, and then if you listen to me long enough, you're like, you know what? Clay Travis makes a lot of sense. People say, oh, Clay Travis, you can't trust that dude. People on Twitter, oh, I hate Clay Travis. Clay Travis is the devil. Listen to the show a little bit. You say, you know what? I want to hate this guy. I want desperately to believe all the haters. What do the haters say? We got the clip. Haters going to hate. Haters going to hate. My man, the Australian, got attacked by a crocodile. Asked why he got attacked by a crocodile. He said, haters going to hate. That's what happens with the show. You want to be hated. You want people to hate me. And you listen and you think, man, this dude's not crazy. This is, uh, this is awesome. JB calls in, thinks he's upset at me, actually agrees that we agree on everything. Sean in Oakland. What's up, Sean? I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, I hate how when a black athlete don't succeed, they always talk about how the man trying to keep them down. Just get over the fact Kaepernick's garbage, period. Yeah, and you're out in Oakland too, right? I mean, that, that's like the first question. Thanks for the call, Sean. The first question I think everybody should ask about themselves when you don't succeed at something is why didn't I succeed? In this country today, Everybody, regardless of their race, this is like the, the, the number one move of millennials. The number one move of the millennial generation is if something happens that they don't like or something doesn't go their way, first thing they think is somebody else did this to me, right? Immediately. And that's a natural reaction because it's tough to accept that you are the captain of your ship. You are the master of your domain. The only hand you can rely on is the one at the end of your sleeve. That's the truth. Everybody else can let you down. Everybody else can end up not being what you hoped that they were going to be. The only thing in this life that you ultimately have to rely on is yourself. And once you accept that mantra, then that's like the day that you're actually woken as an adult in this country. Because then you recognize, wait a minute, I'm responsible for everything that I do. And once you make that decision you stop looking for external reasons to explain why you're not succeeding. Ultimately, I 100% believe this, regardless of your race, your gender, your ethnicity, you control you. You make the decisions that put your life in the direction that it follows. I always like to think about this. I'm a golfer, awful golfer, 
all right? Golf is a great metaphor for life. Anybody out there who's ever golfed? Because you have to react to every shot that you hit, right? You can be playing a great game of golf. Next thing you know, you hit a shot and you come over and the ball is literally resting against a tree. I've had that happen. Like your ball is literally up against a tree. And you can sit around and you can rage at the heavens and everything else. But the thing I love about golf is you're 100% responsible for your shot. Nobody else caused your shot to go where it went. Nobody picked up your ball and threw it. Nobody else had your yanked backswing. Nobody else had that putt that you should have made and you pushed it to the right or left. Everything in golf. The reason why I like golf, great metaphor for life, is because you have to go wherever the ball takes you. You control your path. And you can spend a lot of time worried about where you are and upset about what you just did, or you get over your ball and you hit the next best shot you can. And that's what I try to do every time I get on the golf course. Now, sometimes I throw a club. Sometimes I scream. A lot of times I barely break 100. I'm not a very good golfer. But what I love about golf is it's all on you. Same thing with bowling. You know, I took my kids to Disney World. Went bowling one day because it was raining. Splitsville down there at Disney Springs, uh, Walt Disney World down in Florida. And my nine-year-old throwing a fit. Never really been bowling before. He doesn't like the way the ball is going everything else. He's making all these excuses. I said, hey, go stand up beside him. I said, look, bud, look at that lane. Is it straight? Yeah, dad, it's straight. I said, look at those pins. They standing up down there? Yeah, dad, pins are standing up down there. I said, listen, that ball, look at that ball you got in your hand. That ball, all right, it's a round ball, rolls normally, right? I said, yeah, dad. I said, okay, who's rolling that ball down the, down the lane? He's like, I am. I said, anybody else out there, the wind blowing? Anybody else, am I pushing you? Your brother yelling at you? Anybody else doing anything to impact your, your rolling of the ball? He said, no, Dad. I said, that's because everything that happens on this bowling lane is your responsibility. You did it. Ball goes in the right gutter, you did it. Ball goes in the left gutter, you did it. You only knocked down one pin, you did it. Own what you're doing. Control yourself, accept blame, and accept responsibility. That's honestly why sports are great teaches us many life lessons. Ultimately, you are responsible for your effort and only you. All right, I'm going to take your calls on the flip side. If you want to load them up, 996-6369. That number again, 877-996-6369. But now it's time for trending. And then my boy Alex Marvez is going to join us as he does every single Tuesday. Let's find out what's trending now. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios trying to save everybody's life out here. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Alex Marvez is on his cell phone today. He's got jury duty. Alex, don't get hit by a train. How's it going, my man? I will not get hit by a train. And, uh, what, you know, obviously you're an attorney. I mean, what's the best way to uh, either get in or get out of jury duty? Uh, you know, I thought it's funny because I thought because being an attorney that I would get excused from jury duty, like, um, and never have to serve on a jury. Uh, but I don't know what it was like two years ago, I was, uh, called for jury duty, maybe a few more years than that. And I got paneled on a jury and I'm like, Ooh. dude, I thought, cause I was an attorney. I don't ever have to sit on a jury. I thought that was the rule. And, uh, and then at the last minute I got struck. So I, uh, I got out of the jury duty cause otherwise I had to spend a week there and I was doing sports talk radio at the time. Like. I, I don't understand. I tried to get out. I said, look, I got, you know, the world. Remember, remember when uh, I think it was uh, Andy Kennedy was the head coach of uh, Ole Miss, 
and he got yeah. into a fight with a cab driver in Cincinnati, and he got arrested, and he was like, yes. it'll be an international incident if I'm not on the sideline for tomorrow's game. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the great lines of all time. Like, oh, yeah, nobody's going to be able to handle this old Miss Cincinnati game if you're not on the sideline in November. Everybody's going to be – it's an international incident. Um, I remember I, I wanted to play that line. I wanted to be like, look, guys, if I'm not on radio – uh, tomorrow afternoon when my show starts, it's going to be an international incident. So uh, I got out at the last minute. But I, I, there's not an easy way to get out, honestly. Um, and uh, inevitably, this, this, the awful thing about jury duty is with, when you have one of our jobs, major news is going to break if you get set on a, seated on a jury, right? And you're not going to be course. able to trace it, chase it down. No, of course not. That, that's how it is. But, you know, it, look, international incident, I mean, stealing jerseys, that's an international incident. Maybe I can just say that I have to go cover that. Uh, what a clown. And you know what? You know, so disgraceful about it, too, Clay, and you're so writing about modern-day media. This joker, when you look at TMZ.com, another, you know, example of media in our current world, but this guy's taking selfies in the locker room with all these guys after the game. I, I mean, you know what? It's like the rules that used to be about media and, and the t- separation of church and state or whatever you want to call it, totally gone. I mean, and, you know, and this guy, what a thief. And you know what? What a lousy person you have to be to steal someone's Super Bowl jersey, not once, but twice. Oh, and maybe Von Miller's helmet and shoes. Are you kidding me? My guy, if I were on that jury, guilty, 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 death penalty. It's it's amazing. And by the way, also that this story got covered like it was the Lindbergh baby getting found. I mean, it was unbelievable <laughs> to me. I got on Twitter and like I just want to see stories and it's like a billion different people are reacting to Tom Brady's jersey being found. And I'm like, I was talking to Jason Martin this morning before the show and he's like, well, are you going to spend any time on Brady's jersey? And I was like, you want me to open the sto- open the show with Tom Brady's jersey being recovered? I'm like, I would rather shoot myself in the head with a nail gun than spend a lot of time talking about Tom Brady's uh, jersey. All right, so Alex, is, uh, is Colin Kaepernick not employed because he's black or because uh, he's not a good quarterback? Um, well, I don't know about the black part. I can just tell you the part about the, uh, you know, the sentiment of taking the knee during the national anthem definitely didn't help, you know, play in the real world. And I think you live if, a little this bit is what I always ask. If Aaron Rodgers had done the exact same thing as Colin Kaepernick and he's a free agent, how many NFL teams would try to sign him? I, you know, I, well, of course, cause he's super talented, right? Yep, I mean, exactly. that's the thing. And you, you can deal with that. If you're super talented, if you were Ray Rice in your prime, he'd have a job. That's yep. just the reality of it. But instead, Colin is not a super talented quarterback. Now, you can argue, is he better than Josh McCown? Well, on the field, you could you can make that argument, I guess. It, it's sort of hypothetical. But Josh McCown's going to do some things in the locker room as far as bring young guys along. I'm not sure if Colin has that capability because what's he going to teach? You know what I mean? He's still a work in progress himself. But look, Clay, when, when you were out in the real world last fall, I got more negative feedback from Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the anthem from just casual people. If they knew what I did, I'd never heard so much blowback about a guy's action. It turned people off to football. It turned people off, period. I'm not saying it swayed the election or anything like that, but I think, I think it, it might have. Into it. I really do. I think it fed into it. I really do. I, I just think people just lost their mind over this guy and, and just associated him uh, you know, with Hillary Clinton, the Democratic Party, even though the guy didn't even bother to vote. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Is he doing great things in the world now? Is he donating money? Absolutely. Is he a terrible human being? No, I can't tell you that he is. But you know what? As far as a quarterback goes, do you want to bring him in your building? And you know what I mean? And and do this knowing that he's probably not going to help you win games. Well, that's one of the reasons that he's unemployed. It's a simple business decision. And I said this in opening the show. I said, look, I, I got a buddy who worked in a law firm. Managing partner got caught having sex with his secretary on the conference room table. Nobody does anything because he brings in so many dollars, right? 
if an right. average person did that at their job and they weren't very good at it, they'd get fired immediately. The standards are different based on your level of success, whether you're Johnny Depp, I used as an example, and you're playing Captain Jack Sparrow, or Robert Downey Jr., and you're playing uh, Tony Stark. Those guys can get away with pretty much everything up to murder because their performance in those movies is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And if Colin Kaepernick were a great quarterback, he could protest anything and he'd be able to be employed. He's not a very good quarterback, and he's not going to get signed, I don't think, unless somebody's entirely desperate. I think you look at the markets where teams need quarterbacks and then say, man, this is a business decision. Do I want to alienate half the decision uh, base of my franchise, especially when the majority of people, I really believe this, and I think it's backed up by reality, the majority of people who go to NFL stadiums on a Sunday voted for Donald Trump. Whether you like that or not, That's the reality. Football fans are conservative. The people who buy seats are even more conservative than the average football fan, and they vote Republican. And so when you have a guy who is alienating that audience, you don't want to have to deal with it in the vast majority of this country. Yeah, I can't can't argue any of the points that you just made. Now, do I think he'll get signed at some point? Sure. But do you want to deal with the whole offseason of Colin Kaepernick distraction? So, and I don't have any other better word but distraction because of all the stuff that he's going to bring with him. That's the thing. You know, do you sign him in May after the draft comes if you're not able to get a quarterback? There's a possibility that that happened. Do you do it in June so you can get in a little bit of mini camp and start on the playbook? Sure. But, you know, that's the type of thing that you can do. You can try to mitigate this by not extending it to March. If you understand what I'm saying, and then going through March, going through April, going through May, all these things where you're, you're generating publicity and taking away from all the stuff you're trying to build on your team that outside of it with the distraction part of it, if you understand what I mean. And these things, they do trickle down. And when, when I say that, I don't want to exaggerate. Look, is Colin Kaepernick, if you sign him, is your team automatically going to lose? No. But well, you know what you got? You got 53 guys who have to answer questions from friends, family members, and media all about Colin Kaepernick. And maybe they'll say he's a great dude, but it becomes all about Colin. And if the guy's going to be a backup player why bother bringing him in in some ways it's tebow-esque i would have to say tying this into the sec with that (laughs) approach if tim tebow is not going to help you win games you know he's a great guy but if he can't play and he's not he's not going to win for you then why do you bring him in we're talking to alex marvez follow him on twitter at alex marvez we've been asking this question for months i thought we'd have a resolution by now we still don't what happens with romo and when do we actually know what the rest of his life is going to be like I think once Tony gets frustrated with his lot in Dallas, and I say that because that's Tony honking the horn right there, very upset at Jerry Jones. No, but, but you know, in all seriousness, with, with Tony, look, if he wants to make think about this, he'll get his way out of Dallas, right? All he has to do is go public, and, and you know, look, he's represented by Tom Condon, CAA. You know how those guys do their work, right? One slip to an insider, and boom, all of a sudden, you, you throw that match onto, you know, on, into a, a pile of gasoline, right, or a stack of gasoline cans. So that's how I look at it. I think Tony for right now is content with this. Look, Clay, and the other question is this, and, and I don't want to completely dismiss it at this point, but does Jerry Jones actually think about keeping Tony Romo on his roster because of the salary cap situation, because he likes the guy? Is Tony willing to stay with the Dallas Cowboys? You know, look, he's just about to have his third kid. Does he think, hey, you know what, I'm comfortable in this type of Matt Hasselbeck role. Let me keep with this. I'm not saying he does. I mean, you know, but we haven't heard anything from Tony Romo on the record about this either. I'd love if Tony would talk about this and say where his head is at. But so far, crickets from the Romo side. And as long as there are crickets right now, to me, there's no movement. It's going to have to maybe be Tony making that move. Also, I would say this, Clay, once the NFL owners meetings take place next week in Arizona, where we will be talking, by the way, very early on Tuesday morning next week, that's when the two sides, maybe Bob McNair, Jerry Jones get together, the general managers or whatever, and talk a little bit more about trying to get this trade done to Houston. Right now, who would you say is going to be the first quarterback drafted in May in the 2017 draft? 
I'm going with Deshaun Watson, who, who had a great combine, who says all the right things. Hey, he's Michael Jordan, according to Dabo Sweeney, right? So that's all you need. Take Dabo's word for it. Um, I think he'll be the first guy. But interesting, the 49ers this week doing their up-close and personal tour of these guys. I believe today they're in North Carolina, private workout with Mitchell. Trubisky, don't call him Mitch. Uh, also then later this week, Deshaun Watson, and that should start to help clarify some things, but those guys won too, but I think Watson first, followed by Trubisky second, then it gets to be Deshaun Kaiser in all likelihood. Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, sort of yes and no, but not a great draft for quarterbacks, to be honest with you, on paper. Outstanding stuff as always. Enjoy jury duty, Alex. Uh, freedom to the people or whatever it is that they say, yes. <laughs> that is Alex Marvez. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, enter the AutoZone Rev Up Your Refund Instant Win Game and sweepstakes for a chance to win thirty grand or other prizes. No purchase necessary ends four seventeen seventeen. Must be 18-plus. Visit AutoZoneTaxTime.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I want to go around the horn with, uh, with this question. We just talked about James Harden and the fact that he's not sitting out games. We've talked, obviously, about Colin Kaepernick's protest. But for the MVP in the NBA, there are several guys who are in the mix. Would you factor in whether or not they had taken days off during the season into your MVP vote? My argument is you should. I mean, that's actually pushing me towards James Harden as MVP of the league. Or I don't believe Russell Westbrook takes days off either, does he? Like if I had to make a decision between that and LeBron, even though I think LeBron is the best basketball player in the world, obviously Steph Curry's not in the mix this year. I think you have to consider whether they've taken days off as part of your vote for the MVP. Because if you're the MVP and you play in 82 games, that's more valuable than the MVP who plays in 78 or 77 Agree or disagree, Jason Martin? On Friday, we talked about the MVP situation, and I agreed that LeBron James is the best player in the league, but I also said James Harden was my MVP. And I didn't see these comments until yesterday, and this does sway me a little bit more. I would say it probably shouldn't, but as soon as I read it, I said, yep, there's your MVP right there. That's a guy that's going out there every single night. He knows his team can't win without him on the floor. He wants to win every basketball game. He wants to prove how good he is. And then you look at the stuff that he's actually done this year just in terms of being more selfless and trying to pass the basketball and running the offense and being a leader. He has stepped up in a way that, to me, trumps what other people are doing. And if he's going to play 82 games, play it all the way down the stretch, and then probably go fairly deep into the postseason and be the leader I think he's the MVP of the league even though as you said and I you know Cowherd says this and a lot of other folks say this LeBron's the best player in the world that's that hasn't changed it wasn't it was still that way when Steph Curry won back-to-back MVPs but the way the MVP is laid out James Harden's the MVP of the league period Danny G Robert yeah actually agree with you on this one Clay he's not only you know not being a peppermint patty he 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 is eleve he's elevated his game and the team around him, so it's it's nice to see him evolve and and actually be like an old school player as far as his opinion of being out there for each and every game. Yeah, I don't have any doubt at all. Any disagreement? Any disagreement around the horn here that James Harden is the MVP? Again, no, I think not at all. I think LeBron is the best player. But I think that James Harden has been the most valuable player to his individual team. Uh, it's definitely intriguing to think about. Let's go ahead and knock out these calls, then we'll bring you back for our three. G-Dub in Cincinnati, what's up? What's going on, Clay? How you doing, man? Excellent. How are you? 
I'm all right. Hey, real quick on the MVP. I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that you would hold a guy that uh, missed out on, what, four games out of 82? I think you said 78 or 77. If he were injured, I would feel games. differently. But when you voluntarily, voluntarily sit out of big games, I think that that does sway me in some ways towards putting towards a guy who played 82 all the way. Well, with, with all due respect, Clay, I, I think a guy who's putting up a season that we haven't seen in the last 60 years. So you uh, think Russell there's, Westbrook there's going, should be the guy? Going, right. There's going to average a triple-double. I mean, the, one of the best NBA seasons of all time, he definitely deserves the uh But the, he's played uh, 82, MVP. too, right? Hasn't he played 82 games as well? I, I, I think he – well, put it this way. Say, for instance, he missed four games. He played 78 games out of 82, and people are going to hold him against it? I mean, I think that's silly. And again, the, you know, uh, Rasheed Wallace, that great philosopher, said, "Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie in this situation, Clay." And as a guy in Australia would say, "Haters go hate." He's putting up a triple double. You can't discount that, man. Well, look, I, think, I think I would go. I would go with uh, with Russell Westbrook or James Harden. I like both those guys, right. but I, I right. do think that it, the fact when you're sitting out with a healthy scratch. Like, when I sit down with a ballot in front of me, that impacts me in some way. Like, I'm not saying that it's a determining factor, but I want to go with the guy who played 82 games and didn't take any nights off over the guy who's, you know, sitting out. Now, you can say that if Russell Westbrook or, or James Harden thought that they were going to be in the NBA Finals, maybe they'd be playing differently. Uh, but to me, they're the guys who are at the top of the ballot. Well, let me ask you, should LeBron James be given more uh, consideration for an MVP? Because he's played, what, uh, I think two whole, two whole seasons more than any player in the NBA over the last, what, seven seasons? If he goes to, what, seven straight NBA finals? I don't think, think he deserves it, but given your reason, he should be given, I don't know, a couple of extra points just because he's been playing that long. Yeah. But let me say this, Clay. I really called in about Colin Kaepernick, and I, 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 this is one of those situations where the same things make you laugh, make you cry. You mentioned that uh, it's a smart business decision not to bring Colin Kaepernick in because you might alienate half of your people that uh, support your business. 100%. And you, 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 do, you don't want to uh, you know, have all the, the, the PR battles and the, and the negative PR. Don't you think that's the same reason why ESPN decided to get rid of Kirk Schilling? Because Kirk Schilling would have alienated more than half of their viewers viewing audience, uh, his talent doesn't supersede his racist attitude or his racist tweets. And on a lighter note, do you think that's one of the reasons why they didn't uh, hire or fire Doug Adler? His talent didn't supersede the controversy that he would bring with his whole gorilla, uh, gorilla uh, comment. Good call. I'll, uh, I'll think about it. Let me, uh, let me address the Doug Adler thing. Actually, you know what I need to do? I'm glad he brought that up because Steve Lavin called a player, said they dunked like a gorilla. And it didn't get any attention at all. Do we still have that audio, uh, Danny G or Robert? We talked about playing it on Monday, and I thought it was kind of fascinating in the Doug Adler context. The Kurt Schilling one, I would, I would dispute that differently. Kurt Schilling, in his own private time, had comments about the transgender bathroom law on his own Facebook page. I think that, and this goes for everybody, I think in your own private life, you have the right to have political opinions that aren't popular. I don't think you should get fired over Facebook posts, over Twitter uh, comments, as long as they're within the political mainstream. By which, I mean, if you go out there ridiculously and just malign somebody directly, I think that's different than saying that you agree with the North Carolina transgender bathroom law, which is what Kurt Schilling said. So I think that ESPN made a decision that they would never have made if he had been on the opposite side and said, I love the fact that, that people are standing up to this law. I'll talk about it more. I'm Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. An interesting question that reminded me 
that I meant to go to this on Monday, and we forgot to go to it, but we had the audio pulled. Um, Doug Adler. For those of you who listen to the show regularly, you'll probably recognize the name. He was an ESPN t- tennis commentator who was fired for using the term gorilla effect during a Venus Williams match. And this past weekend, Steve Lavin, who's a commentator for CBS or Turner, I'm not sure who exactly he's employed by, uh, described a dunk as being like a gorilla. I want to play both these audios. Let's go first to Doug Adler. ESPN fired him for this because they said it was racist. Listen to it. She misses a first serve and Venus is all over her. You'll see Venus move in and put the gorilla effect on. Charging. All right, Doug Adler has since had a heart attack over the stress that this has induced. He has sued ESPN, alleging that they did not stand behind him, that he was using the phrase gorilla effect, meaning gorilla as in gorilla warfare, as opposed to gorilla as in the animal. Uh, Critics on Twitter, including a New York Times reporter, asserted that uh, that Doug Adler was being racist. And so he was fired. He's since had a heart attack. He lives out in L.A. He had to go to the hospital. He nearly died over the stress that this story has brought to bear on his life. Again, he has a lawsuit pending against ESPN now. So I thought that this same situation might play out when we heard this happen. I believe it was during the Xavier. Who did Xavier beat in the second round? Florida State. I think this was during the Xavier-Florida State game. This is Steve Lavin, former UCLA basketball coach, now basketball commenter, and this is what he said. Just nifty, David Copperfield style and the two-hand jam gorilla style. Two-hand jam gorilla style. Black player, dunks, two-hand style, two-hand dunk, gorilla style. Nobody reacts to it at all. Uh, I'll go around the horn. I want to give credit to CBS and Turner Sports because I don't think they've even issued a comment about this. And I don't think there's been any suggestion whatsoever that Steve Lavin was being racist when he said gorilla style when a black basketball player dunked the ball. This was during the NCAA tournament, I believe, on Sunday. Several of you immediately tweeted, you can always find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. Let me know what you think about the show. Let me know what you think about life in general. Let's go around the horn. Let's poll my crew here. Is there any substantial difference between these two stories? And because let me start here, let me give you my argument. I don't think that there's a substantial difference between these two stories. I think that in both contexts, there was not an intent. And to me, intent matters. I don't believe there was an intent to say something racist, i.e., to compare a black athlete to a gorilla. I think the gorilla style dunk, I think that is a phrase that's been out there for a while. I believe I'm correct that Daryl Dawkins named one of his dunks the gorilla, where you dunked with two hands and hung on the rim like that. Okay, it was a two-hand dunk. It kind of fits the style. Also, again, gorilla effect to me is a clear attempt to not even use the word gorilla or even connect it to the gorilla animal. Uh, I think it's a a connection to the style of gorilla warfare, that i.e. Venus Williams is charging the net and acting in in a way that somebody who is fighting in a gorilla-style combat would g-u-e and now i'm going to get myself in trouble r-r-i-l-l-a i believe is how you spell that gorilla as opposed to g-o-r-i-l-l-a all right so let's go around the horn i think it's fascinating that steve lavin has had absolutely no negative feedback at all from this doug adler gets fired by espn has a heart attack almost dies over being publicly branded 
a racist. Jason Martin, what's the difference here? There's absolutely no difference. When I first heard it, I said, well, I guess Ben Rothenberg of the New York Times doesn't watch a whole lot of college basketball because... He, because that was what started the Doug Adler story, because he called Doug Adler racist and said it's awful that the Venus Williams and Serena Williams are still subjected to comments like these. The New York Times should be ashamed of itself for employing this guy and allowing this kind of attack to go public under their auspices. Yeah, you know, of all the stories that we've covered on this show since the day after Labor Day when we took the helm... This is the one that raised my ire the most. When we first found this story and we decided to bring Doug on, this was the most innocuous comment, the most nothing burger story, if you want to use that term. There was nothing to this at all except for people that are looking for a reason to find race in everything. These perpetually, professionally offended idiots that are out there that will never, ever go away. And G-Dub, when he calls in the show and, and I have the conversations with him before he comes on air, I really like G-Dub. I don't agree with G-Dub on a lot of things, but I enjoy when he calls the show. But when he mentioned Schilling, that made a little bit of sense to me. But then he added in Adler, and I'm just like, why do you keep going to Doug Adler? Doug Adler did absolutely nothing. He didn't cause any problems. He didn't say anything. People took him because they wanted to take him down, because they wanted to make make themselves feel high and mighty, because of white guilt or whatever it might be for Ben Rothenberg and all the other snowflakes out there. There's no difference between this and Steve Lavin. You say you credit Turner. I just credit people for having common sense and not rushing to judgment. Steve Lavin didn't mean anything. Doug Adler didn't mean anything. Every word that comes out of people's mouths doesn't have an agenda behind it. Those two guys were doing a job, and all the people that have a problem with either one of them need to shut the hell up. Jason Martin off the top rope. Danny G and Robert, do you see any difference? I mean, because I thought maybe Steve Lavin's going to have to apologize. This is going to turn into a good story uh, for OutKick because it's going to tie into the Doug Adler story. I actually think it's fascinating that very similar respects are here, right? You're talking about a black basketball player for a much bigger audience, by the way. This was on, I think, like TBS or TNT or whatever channel they're playing the NCAA tournament. I don't think it was CBS. But it's on for a massive audience, right? Millions of people are watching this. Whereas Doug Adler's tennis match commentary is on for a tiny speck of the population. He was doing this for an ESPN3 webcast. How many people are actually watching a Venus Williams match in the Australian Open second round? 100 people? 150 people versus millions, yet the millions who heard the gorilla dunk from Steve Lavin just kind of shrug it off, and they're like, okay, that's the style of dunk he's trying to describe. He's not calling a black athlete a gorilla. And for Venus Williams, it's like everybody clutches their pearls and demands this guy be fired, and ESPN threw him to the curb. Uh, what what do you guys see when you hear those two audio clips? Three words, Clay. Hate is going to hate. <laughs> we know people are going to hate for no reason on ridiculous things nowadays both comments innocent i don't know why anybody would trip over either but isn't it interesting that turner slash cbs has not felt the need to defend steve lavin that it hasn't turned into a story at all they're, they're smart why feed into it yeah you know what and this is my argument there's probably a lot of executives driving in i know certainly on the West Coast, and I know everybody at ESPN listens to this show instead of Mike and Mike because we actually have opinions and do interesting things. So I would say this to all the executives driving in. You're overreact to social media. If ESPN just allows this Doug Adler tweet from, uh, from the New York Times to blow over, if they wait 24 hours and don't ever respond, the story dies, right? It just disappears. Because by and large, people don't have 
right now in this day and age, use our president as an example, Donald Trump does like 10 crazy-ass things every day. Almost none of them last more than 24 hours as a story. Because you can argue whether it's strategic or not or whether he just understands how the media cycle plays. Donald Trump is aware now that nothing just about in this country lasts for longer than 24 hours. It's almost impossible. We always want something new. It's almost impossible for a story to be so compelling that it lasts for more than 24 hours. Now, new parts of the story can come out, right? Like uh, if you're if you're following a story and a small part of it seems to be out and then something else gets added, well, that just accelerates and continues the story. But in a, in a sense like that with Doug Adler where you say gorilla effect and you've already done it and it's already been out there for 24 hours and it's already passed – There's nothing really that can get added to the story. So don't react to it. Just expect and and, and totally buy into the idea that this story is going to die and that most people are reasonable and you don't have to respond to the nincompoops out there. Because I think in general, social media is driven by people who are complete losers in their real life. I always talk about this. In my life as a public figure, and that's now been 12 or 13 years, I have never had a negative word said to me. When I talk to people who do what I do for a living or politicians or anybody else, anybody in the public arena, they say the same thing. Almost never have they ever had a single word said to them of negative nature face-to-face. And then you get into social media and everybody's all full of muscles, Twitter muscles, all sorts of Facebook Facebook flexing going on and people say all sorts of crazy stuff and then face to face do you know what people who say they hate me want to do they want to get their picture taken with me they tell me how much they love the show tell me they can't wait every morning to wake up and listen and it's funny the people who claim that they hate the show the most it's amazing how often they can talk about things that happen in multiple hours over multiple days over multiple weeks over multiple months I hate you so much, Clay Travis, that I listen to you more than the people who even love me. And that's the story of modern media, right? There's a certain segment of the population that, like my boy in Australia says, haters just going to hate. And it's funny, they've actually done studies. (laughs) They've actually done studies to prove that haters going to hate is really true. That is, if you tend to be negative, you're going to find a reason to hate anything. There really is a hater gene. And that the people who hate, do spend most of their time hating on it. All right, Donald Trump has weighed in on Colin Kaepernick. He did it last night at his rally in Louisville. What did he say? We're going to play that audio for you. And uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by Casey Smith. We'll talk about this NBA MVP debate and also see whether or not anybody can do anything to stop the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors from meeting in the NBA Finals. I'm Clay Travis. And by the way, we're also going to ask Casey about this guy. Maybe we need to play that again. The, the amazing local news story about the Australian kid who got attacked by a crocodile trying to impress a girl. We'll find out. Casey Smith's a good-looking girl. We'll find out the most ridiculous thing that somebody has ever done to try and impress her. That's at the bottom of the hour. In the meantime, I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. And let me tell you all about my friends at True Car. True Car, let me go find it, is this show. Brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy 
a more confident car buying experience. This is the most confident show in radio. That's because we're the best. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, about 10 cups again. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Jeffrey Sharp, shut the F up. Nobody cares about your stupid show. You say the same arrogant crap every time. You want to be Jim Rome. Look, appreciate that tweet from Jimmy. I don't want to be Jim Rome. I saw Jim Rome at the Super Bowl. He's 55, 5'4", 110 pounds, sopping wet. He was on an elliptical machine next to me. I thought to myself, my God, Jim Rome looks like he's about to die. He looks worse than Tiger Woods looked on Good Morning America yesterday. Hair all slicked back, fighting the baldness. Maybe weighs 120 pounds, sopping wet. Not a guy I want to be. Not a guy I want to be. More people listen to me now than Jim Rome. For dominating. And I'm 20 years younger. Got hair. A lot better looking. Hotter wife. Better life. I don't want to be Jim Rome. There are people I want to be. Who would I want to be? I wouldn't mind being Howard Stern. I wouldn't trade places with him because he's old. But I wouldn't mind his paycheck. If you think I want to be Jim Rome, you never listen to this show. I don't have anything in common with Jim Rome. Hardly at all. All right, speaking of uh, absurdity, thank you, by the way. You can find me on Twitter, at Clay Travis. You know what Jimmy would do if he saw me in person? He'd ask for a photo. Jimmy says he hates the show. I always, when people say they hate the show, I'm like, okay, what do they hate the show? I click on the profile. Jimmy's been tweeting how much he hates the show for four months. He's been listening every day for four months, talking about how much he hates the show. Seems like a bad use of your time, Jimmy. But thank you for making me more money. Don't get hit by a train. But if one of you has to get hit by a train, I would probably prefer it to Jimmy over anybody else. Donald Trump was in Louisville, Kentucky, and he decided to weigh in on the fact that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job yet, and this is what it sounded like. And you know, your San Francisco quarterback, I'm sure nobody ever heard of him. I'm just reporting the news. There was an article today. I love to report the news, and then they said I made a mistake, right? I said, no, the people reporting the news made a mistake if it's wrong. But there was an article today, it was reported, that NFL owners don't want to pick him up because they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Do you believe that? I just saw that. I said, if I remember that one, I'm going to report it to the people of Kentucky. Because they like it when people actually stand for the American flag, right? Donald Trump weighing in on Colin Kaepernick, 877-996-6369. If you want to weigh in, I believe we have a couple of calls but first Robert you want uh you think I owe Jim Rome a beer yeah Clay you said on Twitter about a week ago that um you made a good point about how rough it is for us short guys out in the uh in the world most discriminated against people in America today are not black Asian Hispanic women any other group it's short men it's the only group of people short men and bald men think about this only group of people in America today who can be criticized and ridiculed 
for something that they don't control is short men. Every woman out there listening right now, think about it. Only physical thing you can say. Woman goes on her profile and she says, what are you looking for in a man? Woman will say, I want a man who is at least six foot tall. Doesn't matter how tall the woman women are. My wife, my wife is 5'2". This was in my anonymous mailbag, uh, which will be up later today, but it was in last week's anonymous mailbag. My wife is 5'2". I am six foot tall. I asked my wife, if I were 5'4", would you have dated me? And she said, maybe, but you'd have to be a lot funnier. So my wife is 5'2". She's not tall. She herself would not have dated her own husband, probably, if I were 5'4", instead of six feet tall. Every woman wants to date a tall guy, and women all the time can say, oh, I won't date a short guy, right? And it's not considered to be offensive at all. But if a guy says, I won't date a fat chick, everybody's like, ooh, can't say a fat chick. And people control their weight. You don't control your height. Continue, Robert. That is true, Clay. I've been trying to control my height for years. hasn't helped me. And you said on Twitter (laughs) that... Anybody who's a short man, one thing you got to do is you got to buy him a beer because you feel bad for him. I, I should have to give reparations. You should. Black and people wanted 40 acres and a mule for slavery. I think every short man should have to have a beer bought for him by a tall man because we're getting women and they're not. Absolutely. So on, on behalf of myself, who plays center on the five foot seven and under basketball league, <laughs> you owe me and a couple other guys, including Jim Rome, a pint at the bar. 100%. 100%. Jim Rome, he, he may be shorter than you. He may be 5'5". Five, five. I actually felt – I was like – Man, that whole Jim Everett thing when Jim Everett wanted to kick his ass, I actually felt bad for Jim Rome because I'm like, back when I watched that video 20 years ago, I was like thinking they were relatively even-sized men. Jim like Jim Everett seems like even more of an ass. Like, there's not a single five foot five guy in America that I would turn over a table to fight, right? I mean, I would just assume that I should be able to beat the ass of any five foot five guy who doesn't train professionally as a fighter. And Jim Rome, if you're five five, and I'll just go ahead and put this out there. If you are 5'5 five five and you weigh 120 pounds, I will beat your ass across the board. There's not a 5'5, five 120-pound five, man in America who can beat my ass. I really believe that. That's how tough I am. Wait, isn't Mayweather? The, Mayweather's 5'8. Oh, okay. Yeah, he looks 5'5, five five, though. Yeah, yeah okay, he's 5'8, five, right. five at least listed at 5'8. Plus, I think, isn't Mayweather like 160 pounds? Fighting weight 147. 147. So Mayweather is too tall. And 27 pounds too heavy. Again, there's no five foot five. This is Jim Rome size. There's no five foot five or five four, 120 pound man in America who can beat my ass. I'm confident on that. You saw me bench press 225 three times. Put up a video yesterday of me doing handstand push ups for a 37 year old man with three kids and a website and a radio show. I'm probably the most athletic man in America with those attributes. Just surprised you haven't left radio yet for UFC. Might happen, Marcus. In Bur- if I got, I would do UFC if I got to fight five foot four, hundred and twenty pound men. I would go into a ring and fight them. Marcus in Birmingham, who you got? Me or the or or Jim Rome in a fight? Oh, I got you all the way. Although I resemble Jim Rome more than you, I take you all the way, Mr. Travis. <laughs> yeah, you get him. You get him. I appreciate hey, let that. Let me say this: if I were an NFL uh, owner, I wouldn't sign Kaepernick. I mean, the guy disrespects. The, the flag of the United States of America, more controversy. You're in the entertainment business. Why would I have to get in that for a below-average quarterback? That's not racist. That's just common sense. I, I agree with you. 
I agree with you, Marcus. I think it's just a business decision. If he were, of course. Thanks, if he were as good as Aaron Rodgers, then he gets signed. If he were as good as Russell Wilson, then he gets signed. If your talents exceed your problems, thanks for the call, Marcus. If your talents exceed your problems, then you end up employed. That's true no matter who you are, no matter where you work. If they don't, then you lose your job. Like, that's just the truth of the matter. Kevin in Indianapolis. What's up, Kevin? Hey, Clay. What's going on, man? Living the dream. Hey, um, I wanted to see if, if whenever you're talking about the qualifications for NBA MVP over NFL MVP, like, do you have different criteria for that? Because, like, when we were in the NFL season, you were all over Aaron Rodgers because he finished the season strong, which I get. I can't debate that. But there was like a five-game lull in the, in the middle of the season this year where he really didn't do anything for his team. But now you turn around with NBA players, and that's five out of 16 games. NBA players are going to take five out of 82 games off, and you're like, yeah, that really should take them out of the equation. Like, what's, what's the difference there? Well, it's a good question. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers won, and I think the better argument to make is that I said I would vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP because I thought he was the best player. Now, he did play all 16 games, and I thought if you took Aaron Rodgers off the Packers, the collapse of the Packers would be more substantial than it would anywhere else. For LeBron James, I think LeBron James is the best player, but I don't think he's the most valuable player. In other words, by, by that I mean, if you took James Harden or Russell Westbrook off of either the Houston Rockets or the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think they would be really bad teams that probably, you can disagree with me, Jason, you watch more of the NBA than I do, but I think if you took Harden or Westbrook off those respective teams, do the Thunder or the Rockets make the playoffs? Uh, I think that the Thunder are in the lottery, and the Rockets might be as well. The Rockets have a better basketball team around James Harden, I think, than the Thunder, but it's it's pretty close. Those neither, two guys neither one are, of those are everything. Teams, neither one of those teams make the playoffs no. or even close, right? No. If you took LeBron James off the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Cleveland Cavaliers still make the playoffs, right? With Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and the Eastern Conference setup, and assume that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love aren't substantially injured, is it crazy for me to say that the Cavs would still be a playoff team even without LeBron James? Because they're in the East and provided Love is healthy, I would assume Kyrie probably would be in that case. Then, yes, they would make the playoffs. And Kyrie Irving might win the MVP. Because he would take a lot more shots and he would have the ball even more than he does now. So, to me, the argument there is LeBron James may be the best player, but if you take him off his team, his team is still in the playoffs. If you take Harden or Westbrook off of either the Thunder or the Rockets, those teams are atrocious and nowhere near playoff teams. So the impact that they have on their teams, to me, Westbrook and Harden are more impactful on their teams than LeBron James is. Much like, by the way, I wouldn't give the MVP to Durant or Steph Curry because if you took one of those guys off the team, we're seeing it right now. They're still really good. That's still an NBA championship caliber team. Sometimes not fair when you're one of many stars as opposed to the only star. Maybe that's the argument you can make, but that's the that that's the situation that I would uh, break them down. Good call from Kevin calling me on different opinions. Casey Smith's going to join us next, but first let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Listen up. This is important. This is important. A lot of you driving around in your cars this morning, 250 affiliate stations, Sirius XM Channel 83. Maybe you're podcasting later. You can go download it on iTunes. This is really important. 
If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. David Nail, country music recording star, just texted me. That 5,520-pound bit just had me doubled over at a stoplight laughing. Hopefully it wasn't by a train, David. You're an important star. You get hit by a train, it's major news stories. Focus on driving. Don't get hit by a train. Casey Smith, you ever come close to getting hit by a train? Well, no, but now that I live in Boston, a city with a lot of trains and public transportation, I'm much more cautious when getting close to one because of grass. Oh, my God. We got to call Casey back. Did it, was it just me? Did she sound like she had been uh, captured by eight space aliens there? No, it's just you. She sounded, no, I think she's on she train sounds perfectly she normal. She's, <laughs> are you toying with me, or do we need to call her back? Yeah, we really we do need to call her back, back, right? We're reconnecting her. Yeah. Right. Sorry, right. That was a little bit rough, yes. All right. Whew. I always get nervous there. I'm like, uh-oh, am I going? Am I going? Are they taking a train me out? Was, a train was coming. I, I, I hear a train coming. Uh, it's rolling around the bend, uh, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm nervous. I'm going to tell you that. Uh, you never know. I thought maybe ESPN had tapped in. Uh, Trump thinks the Russians are listening to him all the time. I thought maybe ESPN had gotten into uh, our, our, our lines here and was trying to tap us. Casey Smith, uh, we will go back to her momentarily. Appreciate David Nail uh, listening to the show and giving a shout-out. Great singer, songwriter. Go follow him as long as he doesn't get hit by a train today. He could get hit by a train. All right, Casey, are you back in? Speak to us. Yes, I am. Do I sound ah. better? Flawless. I don't know what happened. I think that what we found out was ESPN has your phone tapped. They knew you were talking to me, and they're trying to record <laughs> this conversation. Well, um, probably. I'm actually in the, the lounge of my condo complex because I have two hungover or maybe still drunk girls sleeping, so maybe I just had bad service. I didn't want to wake them up this early, so ah, my well, apologies. That's very, very considerate of you. And, uh, and, and <laughs> are, the, are the girls cute? Are they good-looking? Of course. All oh. good-looking girls have to hang out. You know Lauren Clary. It was her birthday, and she came up to Boston to experience the parade and her birthday and it's not gone well for the two of them that are staying with me because people like to drink up here so I decided to be kind and and speak in public and not yell at them while they wake up outstanding all right we're talking to Casey Smith you can follow her on Twitter at Casey Smith so Casey my theory is that short men are the most discriminated against people in America today you are a tall girl what is the shortest man that you would date um, I would date somebody that's right at my height as long as their personality was flawless. But, I, you know, I like to wear high heels, too. So I'm 5'8", but I like to wear 5-inch stilettos. So I'd have to date somebody that's comfortable with that, obviously, because a lot of dudes aren't comfortable with that. But I'm okay with dating somebody that's pretty close to my height if we're both wearing, like, normal shoes as long as they're okay with it. But, I mean, I'm 5'8", so I have to go a little bit taller. My girlfriends that are, like, 5' foot that won't date somebody – that's not six foot is ridiculous to me, and most of them are single. So but, that's my theory, but I'm tall, so I'm allowed to be a little bit more discriminatory. But this is common for girls, right? You just said your girlfriends who are like five foot tall. There are lots of girls out there who are like I, I used as an example my wife. She's 5'2". She wouldn't date me if I were 5'4", she said. So like we ended up getting married, and now we've had kids. If I had been 5'4", she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have ended up with me. So what's the, what, like, if, would you date a five foot four guy? No, because, I mean, I, that would make me four inches taller than them. So I wouldn't just because I think that the, the physics of that would be weird. But if you're shorter than 5'4", I don't understand why you wouldn't date somebody that was 5'4". I think it's an ego thing and a confidence thing. But I, there's a lot of short guys that I've met. But if I was even, like, 5'5", five, five, like, I mean, I'm tall. Like, I can be intimidating when I put on heels. Like, God, these guys are really funny. Like, I would totally date you. But if you're not funny and you're short and you have nothing going for you, then you're absolutely right. Most 
uh, discriminated against, but your personality. I mean, that's all that matters. I heard you say your wife would have dated you if you were a lot funnier. So maybe if you had been funnier and shorter, she would have still. It all depends on the personality to me, but I can't go shorter than me, unfortunately, no. Also, how much funnier can I get? Let's be honest. I'm already pretty high on the funny category. Like, I don't know what she's expecting to get from me. She's asking too much. We're talking to Casey Smith at K-A-Y-C-E Smith. Go follow her on Twitter. Okay, did you hear the story about the kid in Australia who swam across the river to try to impress a girl and immediately got attacked by a crocodile in, uh, down in Australia? Yes, I did. And, and I think that I saw it was Jason that tweeted the picture of the girl and was like, okay, this makes a little bit more sense. She's cute. But, she's a cute uh, that, blonde. That was... She's a cute blonde from England. And so we immediately thought, what, uh, Jason was like, you have to ask Casey, what's the most ridiculous thing that a guy has done to try to impress you? Uh, there's been some weird things. There's been like a guy that wanted to collect snow globes at all the places he visited and send them to me in the mail so that I could like live vicariously through his adventures. I thought that was very strange. We didn't talk for very long. All right. So pause right (laughs) here. Pause right here. This is really, really (laughs) effing weird. So (laughs) that's the Australian guy who was asked what he said when, uh, when for people who were upset that he got attacked by a crocodile for swimming across a girl, you dated or were a guy was interested in you. And how many snow globes did he send you? Oh, he didn't send me any because I stopped answering his text messages when the snow globes were brought up. I mean, the first couple he said it, I was like, this guy's either high or maybe he's drunk or maybe he's joking. You know, you can't tell the tone through text message. But after a while, I realized, like, this guy was serious because what he would do is he would invite me to wherever he was going. We had never held hands, never kissed, never anything. Like, this was, like, brand new conversation. And he would invite me, and then I would say no, and he'd be like, okay, well, I'll just send you a snow globe then. And I was like, (laughs) this has to be a joke. And then after a while, I realized that it wasn't, and I called my girlfriends. I was like, hey, you know, SOS, what do I do? And they're like, don't ever talk to that creep again. I was like, okay, just making sure that I'm reading this correctly. This dude wants to send me snow globes like I'm eight years old going to Walt Disney. I can't do it. So that was probably one of the weirdest, but... There's a lot of guys that try some weird things that have that have not worked well on me, but hey, maybe they work for somebody else. I can't imagine that snow globes works on anybody. <laughs> I mean, that is one of the most terrifying. Like, I have 100% faith that whoever that guy is, like if you searched his computer, he would be in jail for the rest of his life. I don't know what he's into, <laughs> but he's into something that's creepy if he's thinking I'm going to send snow globes to hot chicks to let them know how much, uh, how much I care about them. Uh, all right, so we were talking earlier about this, this whole Colin Kaepernick business. And uh, we're talking to Casey Smith. Do you, would you want, like New England, for instance, you're in, you're in Boston now. New England is obviously stacked with, uh, with Tom Brady or uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'm going to put you in the role now of owner of a team, right? You are the new, uh, the new Cleveland Indians owner, except likable, back in the major league days. Remember, she was the <laughs> owner of the team. You are the owner of an NFL franchise. Is it worth the, and you're from Texas, is it worth the business hit that you would take to sign Colin Kaepernick as an owner of an NFL team? I think the biggest thing for me with Colin Kaepernick was that if he was really good and he was producing on the field the way that we've seen him do in the past, it'd be a different question. But to me, you don't even have to get to the conversation of what went on last year with the national anthem because he just he isn't any good anymore. And if he is, you know, it's going to take a lot to get back there. So for me, if I'm looking, I'm like, okay, what are the pros and cons on the field first? And I think the cons on the field outweigh the pros anyways. 
So I don't even have to have the conversation about, you know, what people are going to think or say. I also think that the national anthem protest was way overblown on both sides because of the media. And that's going to continue no matter what Colin Kaepernick does, whether you agree or disagree with him. So that's a conversation you can kind of talk in circles with. But the guy's just not as good on the field as I would like. So no, I wouldn't sign him. Uh, but it's still an interesting debate because no matter what happens with him, that's always going to follow, no matter if he stands for the national anthem for the rest of his life. So um, it's an interesting debate, but I wouldn't do it just solely based on his play on the field. We're talking to Casey Smith. What did you think of my handstand push-up? I know that you are a CrossFit person. I know that you can do a lot of the different attributes that CrossFit people do. I put up a video of me doing handstand push-ups. What grade would you give me? Um, I didn't see it, which I feel really bad about right now because I was like totally all over your bench press. But did, were you able to do it? Well, you'd have to go watch the video and then you tweet and I'll retweet the response and we'll discuss it. So you can go to my Twitter feed as soon as you hang up. You can look at it and then you give me a letter grade or a 1 to 10 ranking, your choice on the performance so far. Okay, I will. This is the most exciting thing I'm going to be able to do all day is grade your handstand push-ups. I can't wait. I know you've been dreaming of this all night. Uh, go go uh, tell the girls to, to wake up. It's, it's almost 9 o'clock in Boston. It's time for them to go out and start drinking with you again. I'm going to give them some Bloody Marys and they'll rebound real nicely. They're good at that. Outstanding stuff. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Clay. That's Casey Smith. She joins us every single Tuesday at this time. I am Clay Travis, and I would kick the ass of any 5'4", 120-pound man in America. You find me one that can beat my ass, and I'll call you a liar. And that includes Jim Rome. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the gate. <laughs> oh, man. I almost said Geico. That's a totally different company. No idea what Geico would be into, but I don't want to buy. Live from the Geico, what's it's girls? Geico lesbians, I'm in. Geico dudes, not in. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Oh, man. Drive the new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets, sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm Clay Travis. Not necessarily in the zone with that opening segment. Usually pretty good in the zone. Twitter feed reactions rolling in. Daryl Griffith says, the black woman is the most discriminated against, always has been. And that was the worst segment I've heard in a while. Black woman, nothing. Nothing compared to short man. You had a choice right now between being a black woman or a short man, and you wanted to rank discrimination in this country. Short man, most discriminated against. Black woman gets opportunities. There's affirmative action. For both women and black people. Short man? Not going to happen. You tell me right now. We need to take calls on this tomorrow. <laughs> go ahead and get your, go ahead and program your phones and call in tomorrow. Only black men. Would you rather be six foot black man or five foot four white man? There's not a single black man in America who's calling in saying they'd rather be a five foot four white man. Goes for every race. You better be a six foot Asian man if they exist. Yao Ming. Or would you rather be a five foot four white man? Not a single Asian man trading places. Six foot Hispanic man or a five foot four white man? That's what I said. Like, look, I would sell my white privilege long before I would sell my height privilege. I'm six foot. I would much rather be a six foot black man, Asian man, or Hispanic man than a five foot four white man. I would sell my white privilege in a heartbeat. You offer me enough money. I'll sell it to you. Wouldn't even cost you that much money. But I would not sell my height privilege. I'm not, I'm not giving up eight inches of height. Not happening. Not for anything. What about you? 
Jason Martin, you sell your white privilege first or your height privilege first? Height privilege. I don't want to be short. Right. So you would sell your white privilege first. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. So there's zero doubt. Want, yes, yes. Zero doubt. Danny G and Robert, you're, what's your, what are your heights? I know, Robert, you're like 5'7", right? That is correct, Clay, and I'd be willing to give my left groinular region to be 5'9". <laughs> you would trade a testicle for two more inches of height? Absolutely. What about you? Uh, what about you, Danny G? I, I guess I'm just a bit taller and I'm Sicilian, so um, yeah, I'm not sure. Danny, Dan, uh, bring Robert back up here. Robert, you are 5'7". What would you pay? Let's say you had $10 million. All right, you have $10 million. You can spend it on anything. How much of that $10 million would you be willing to pay to be 6'1"? All of it. <laughs> you would I would get knee replacement surgery or whatever it is that these guys do. You know, like, like an extra rod stuck in my femur. Like, I would do it. 100%. Zero doubt. 100%. Tomorrow we're going to take calls on this. <laughs> See, Tomorrow- I think I think Robert's selling himself shorter than he really is, though, because I've seen Money Mayweather in person. Robert's not that much shorter than him. But Money Mayweather is small. <laughs> That's true. Well, Robert's, Robert has a – how would you say? He's built like a pit bull. I'm so- just saying that out there in the world today, there is – I don't think there's a single tall guy that would sell his tall privilege because he recognizes – that there is a clear advantage that tall men get that short men don't. And being discriminated against is allowed for height. Like every woman out there listening right now, if on her Tinder profile or on her Bumble or whatever the heck people are using now to meet people, if she says, won't date short guys, everybody's like, okay, I get it. If she says, won't date black guys, everybody's like, oh, that chick is racist. But if she says, won't date short guys, she's cutting off a huge segment of the population, and everybody's like, totally fine with it. No issues. Bald men are the second most discriminated against. Fat women are the third most discriminated against. On the discriminated against flow charts. And the only one of those three that can be controlled, a fat woman can get skinny. A bald man may be able to get hair back. A short man can't get taller. That's who he is. Totally discriminated against. Shortism. It's a real thing. Nobody talks about it. I'm here to make your lives better. Short people, I love you. Message, I care. Except for Jim Rome. I'd beat his ass. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.